and move on. And when things don't happen the way we want them to, there can be that whole attitude of irritability that happens or frustration that happens because we've had to be inconvenienced by something or someone in our life. Is that, is that real world stuff or what? Is that, is that real or is it just me? Shake your head, say something. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, real. Yeah, it's real, isn't it? This is another respectable sin that we're talking about, right? And so it's one we've probably all displayed at some point or another in our lives. And as I wrote here, some of us might live here. It's impatience all the time. If you don't have a handout, would you raise your hand? Keith will get you one of those. Thank you, Keith. Um, but it's got its teeth in us, and we find ourselves battling with this sin sometimes on a daily basis because so many things can set us off. And so just think about that for a moment, class. This past week, was there something that produced an impatient response in you? Where you could say, yeah, I probably could have been more patient about that, or, you know, that bothered me, and, and, and it kind of stuck with me, and I didn't really think about it that much, but now that I think about it, eh, I probably could have handled that differently, and I got irritable about it. Yes, Scott, would you like to, yes, to share? <laughs> not about your wife, though. Anything, no, but anything else? Like, I can't, I can't do it, I can't do it. It's like, just lift that higher. I, I, I can't. You can't lift that higher? And I got, I got upset, I yelled at him, and immediately I, I started to weep and, and apologize. And, uh, you know, I think God's glorified when we admit that we screwed up. Yeah. So in the impatience part, yes, I failed. In the glorifying God part, it was admitting my my wrong and uh, asking Him to forgive me and telling Him I loved Him. Amen. And thank you for the transparency. Thank you for that. And class, if we're all honest, there's times in this situation of impatience, we've all we've all been there. For Scott, though, he asked him to raise the front of the car, and now he can't really do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> An impossible task. But, but we're all here, guys, right? I mean, this is real-world stuff. And I was talking to Ann on the way over just, you know, about two impatient things happened. We went out to eat on Friday night, and the waitress, it was a long time, and we were waiting for a while. And she even said, you know, I'm sorry, we're a little bit busy tonight. And so it was a, a long wait for our meal. Well, you know, praise the Lord, we had a meal, right? I mean, if we really think about it, and the meal was hot, and the meal tasted good. We had to pay for the meal, but it was all right. It was all good, right? Um, and then last night, we were over at Best Buy. We have to have our refrigerator replaced. And praise the Lord, it can be replaced because we got that extended warranty. So we're waiting for the guy who helped us. He said, come in the end of October and beginning of November because prices are going to get down. And you can get your new one replaced. And so we're over there. Well, we were there an hour, and he wasn't, he wasn't around and helping us. He was helping somebody else. And so we went back and looked at other stuff and just waiting. And then finally, we were there long after the store closed. And just things like that. And I'm... In my heart, I'm thinking, okay, um, should, should this be happening quicker than it should be? You know, in our minds, yes, it should be. But neither of us were, praise the Lord, upset in that moment. But there's plenty of other times where people, things, situations 
can cause us to become impatient. Is that true? Yes. Impatient. And then we can get irritable. Yes, sir. Do we, do we pity him, folks? Do we, do, do we pity him for that? <laughs> Just teasing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's sort of our culture when we're a first world nation and the world looks to us for so many things. We just sort of get in our head. Hey, we're Americans. We, we, we shouldn't have to wait. We, we get this and on our timetable and we want that. And so easy it is for us to become almost arrogant in our impatience if we're not careful. Along with irritable with our impatience, we can become sort of arrogant. Um, so when we get impatient class there in your notes, I think I put it in the introduction. Uh, we're becoming anxious or bothered at a delay or a difficulty in our lives, right? Think about the process of how impatience develops. This produces an inconvenience or some painful consequence that disrupts our personal peace, our daily routine, or our pleasant contentment with our lives at that moment. Something disrupted our lives that was unpleasant to us to some degree. Therefore, enter the nasty attitude, potentially, of irritability, which is the kissing cousin of impatience. Those two sort of go together. And so we want to talk about that this morning. So real-life examples that cause us to lose our patience or become irritable. Class, help me out this morning. What are some, what are some areas? You guys already mentioned some. Yes, Adrian. Depending on his, like driving. Driving. <laughs> That's really a unique problem you have. No one, no one else has that problem in here. I, I, I'm, I'm not familiar with it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He's throwing tracks out the window as he's passing them by, right? <laughs> yes, nice. Yes, sir. <laughs> Does that even yourself out? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think the Bible says confess your sin, not just shout out. <laughs> um, you know, I appreciate the quick response, just like with, just like with uh, Scott. F- folks, that's a good thing. I mean, here we're talking about a moment of weakness, but we're also talking about a recovery that maybe the Spirit of God doesn't let you live with that all day. Because as we walk with God, he's, He should be tapping us on the shoulder, shouldn't He? Like, you know, Lamar, you, <laughs> you shouldn't have acted that way. Or you shouldn't have had that thought in your head. Or that irritable attitude. That's, that's not of me. And, and that's, that praise God 
that, that we would have that. And part of our spiritual growth is that we didn't go three, four days and realize back, you know, that thing back there, I probably should have confessed a lot sooner. It happens fairly quickly. The Spirit of God is on us. You know, you, you blew that opportunity. You missed that and you lost your patience. You lost your testimony a little bit. Lord, forgive me for that. That's where God wants us. And as we talk about this topic, maybe it'll bring it to the fore that says, you know, now let's even work on not becoming impatient first and grow in that area, even though we'll never reach sinless perfection. We understand that, yet it's a process of growth for all of us. Someone else had a a comment. Was it you, Lisa? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he's shouting, "Praise the Lord!" Well, praise the Lord, right, right, Jack? <laughs> so that's something a little bit different. That's a physical pain, a little bit different than maybe just flat-out impatience. And there's all sorts of things that can make us irritable. We're focusing on our impatience today, where others sort of may be great on us, or a circumstance. You can't get that screw in there. That, th- that little thing that you're working on doesn't work. And, oh! And we lose our patience with that. Yes, Sometimes Joe? Costco after church. Costco after church. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if those island people get to go to Costco after church. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so that could. For us in America, that's our impatience. We have Costco, a place that has food and everything in bounty, but yet we could not appreciate that. We can, i got to wait to pay for my stuff. i got to wait to pay. Can you believe that? How rude is that? Absolutely, that happens. We are at Walmart right after dinner, and the same type of thing. There's 35 checkouts, and there's four opened. And the people in front of us had grocery carts full of stuff. And so we're, we're going up and down. Which one's the shortest one? Which one's the shortest one? Which one's the shortest one? And finally, we, we got in one. Probably took us 10 minutes to choose the shortest one, right? <laughs> but we got in one and, and waited. It went faster than we thought. But just those things. We're thinking, I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait. We want what we want now, right? Because that's what we're used to. Yes, sir, Steve? Yes, please. <laughs> How is your food? <laughs> Be sure your sin will find you out, right? Yes, yes, thanks for sure. <laughs> Left three tracks and a. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. John? So firmly patient is a good balance, right? Yeah, so it's hard. It's hard sometimes. Where do we cross the line? 
Where do we cross the line? Dave? Yes. <laughs> you know, let, let me just say, Dave's talking about four hours of dialysis. Uh, folks, that, now, now I, most of us, and, and we have someone else, Rob, who's going through it too in this class, um, that helps us to be reminded when you're having to be patient for four hours, we're out four hours doing our thing, and so helps us to remember, boy, Think about other people, what they're going through, and the patience that required, is required of them. We're not at that spot. Why should we be impatient again? Uh, what, what's, what's the reason? What are we getting impatient about? And to help us come back to real world, like, wow, let's consider all the blessings that God gives us and rethink this whole idea of, well, it's not on my timetable. I'm not happy about it. And it's just, that's, God wants to work on us in this attitude of, Impatience, and so let's talk about that this morning. Definitions. We know we know definitions of impatience, but let me give them to you. I'll give you the secular and the biblical. Secular definition: Patience on the web is this: the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering. Here's the kicker: without getting angry or annoyed. They had to throw that last part in there, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like enduring not just a problem, but enduring it with a good attitude, without getting irritable. Unkind, impatient, anxious. <coughs> Impatience would be the tendency towards irritability or restlessness. That's why the two go together. When we are impatient, when we're practicing or exercising impatience, it is, it's, if we're honest and you think about it for a minute, that's the part of the class I want you to think about. Are we getting irritable because we're not getting our way in something that's causing impatience and then we get irritable over that and that's where sin begins to build this respectable sin because not everyone would see our impatience and we could even hide our irritability too that's just an inside attitude why are they taking so long I can't believe they do that I got things to do I got places to and no one could really see that in us And so it's that irritability that goes along with it. Irritability is having or showing the tendency to be easily annoyed or made angry. And so that's the secular side. The biblical definition is this. Patience, two words in Scripture here, 
By the way, the word patience in the New Testament is used 33 times. It means to bear up under the wrongs inflicted by others. It's especially related to our interactions with people and giving them great space before getting angry. So it is hupomone, that is cheerful endurance. How about that, class? That sounds like a, that's not even fair. Cheerful endurance? That's not fair, is it? How can we do that? And yet that's what patience is. It's a cheerfulness while you're enduring something that might not be so pleasant or easy to endure. The ability to hold one's feelings in restraint, exercising our restraint. Um, waiting calmly as the Lord, or on the Lord, excuse me, for results without complaining. So can I say up front here, it's one thing, again, to endure something like waiting in traffic when you know people are cutting in on you and cheating you out of your right to move forward, right? It's one thing about that, but enduring it is not necessarily patience. We can say, well, I'm putting up with it. I have to do it because what can I do about it? You know, I have to wait here while they're cutting in front of me. And, and we're getting irritated about that. But true patience is cheerful endurance, not letting the unfairness or the mistreatment of that event to sort of get into us and rob us of joy. So, so it's not only having the right mindset, it's having the right the right responses, the right internal reactions to the unfair event, to the delay, to the thing that could cause us to get frustrated or annoyed. Patience is saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look out for or guard my, my temper. I'm going to guard my attitude. I'm going to guard my tongue when that thing is kind of beginning to boil over because it's unfair that I'm having to endure this. That, that would be patience. The other word is long-suffering. There in long-suffering is long-spirited. In other words, an emotional calm in the face of provocation. Whether someone's purposely trying to provoke you or unbeknownst to you, that driver didn't know what they did to you or that person in line didn't know that all their groceries was going to make you upset or irritated. It's saying even in the face of provocation, known or unknown by the person doing it, I'm going to have a long spirit. I'm going to stay emotionally calm and not have that frustrating reaction. Um, it, it's, you may be wrong, but you don't retaliate, retaliate. In Scripture, just to give you an overview of what the general call to patience from Scripture is, you can see it throughout the New and the Old Testament, but let me just give you a few of these here. Um, when you look at all the ways patience is mentioned in the New Testament, you can clearly see, class, that God wants this character quality displayed in our lives. First of all, it's a fruit of the Spirit, right? Galatians 5.22, And be filled with the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, what? Long-suffering or patience. That's right. There it is. There's our word. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And so that basic idea is that God says, well, if you're filled with me, don't be filled with or don't let the circumstance of this particular job or project that you're working on cause you to lose the Spirit's filling. Or that person who is, again, not attentive to your timetable, rob you of being Spirit-filled. You, we try to think first, 
how is this, how is my situation? Lord, what do you want me to do before we, before we react? Um, and so all, all nine, by the way, all nine of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long, suffering, gentleness, all those are one big fruit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And God says, it's collectively, I want every believer of mine to display all of those in their lives. And so patience, long-suffering is just one of those. Second, it's a requirement for being a pastor. And that is, that is hard. And so we, we battle that continually. It's a requirement. Um, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 3, be patient. Not a brawler, but patient. And so that's a continual work in progress, I think, for all of us. But it's a serious, it's a, it's a serious um, uh, uh, requirement for all of us to consider. So it's one of the qualities that describe the agape love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. When you get down to verse 4, it says, Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not hold records of wrong. It's not easily provoked. Love believeth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Love never fails. All these little, these little one-line, little terse phrases about love, the very first one at the top of the list, it says, love is patient. And so who doesn't need that from time to time with the person that we live with? If you're a couple this morning and you're sitting next to that person, from time to time we all need patience with that person. And they need patience from you, right? And so let's take that to heart to say, you know, the best place to start the best place to start in working on patience is with my spouse. Quickly it moves to our children, right? And then our neighbor, because they're close to us, and then our coworker. But but people like that, but especially if if uh, if there's impatience between you and your spouse, and that's and there's an irritability about that. Can, this is a good time as any just to kind of encourage you along that way. Don't let that continue. Uh, Scott just said about him quickly realizing that he was out of line when he talked to his son that way. Folks, can I, can I ask us all to have the humility along with patience to say, you know, when I know that I was maybe a little bit too short or I was a little bit, you know, selfish or unkind or impatient with my spouse, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask their forgiveness and I'm going to try to be actively working on being more patient. I think we can all use that in our lives. It's, it's a real world thing, right? And so if there is anything, the challenge is you leave here today, at some point today, if there, you know there's just a little irritability between you and your spouse, don't let that go. Don't let that go till the end of the day. Make that right, like we're talking about. Quickly get that settled. And let the peace and the joy of the Lord rule your heart. Yes, sir, Adrian. That's a good way to look at it, isn't it? Where we're driving the nails into his hands a little bit more because of those failure to be impatient, which is the area that we're talking about today. So <clears throat> uh, let's see, where are we? Letter C, letter, letter D. 
when we let patients have a perfect work, we will be perfect and, and mature, perfect and entire, the Bible says, and complete, lacking nothing. James chapter 1, verse 4. When we show patience, we're showing maturity, spiritual maturity. And we're complete. We're all grown up by the more that we show patience in our lives. The servant of the Lord must not strive, must not argue or fight, but be patient. It should be an obvious character quality. We're not brawlers. We're not fighters. We're not instigators. We're patient in the midst of a conflict. F. Believers are to warn the unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, support the weak, and be patient to all men, according to 1 Thessalonians 5, 4. Boy, there's a, there's a, there's a guide to follow for dealing with people, isn't it? Warn the unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, support the weak, and be patient towards everyone. Don't let anybody get under your skin. Letter G, Christians are to reprove, rebuke, and exhort others with a nasty attitude, right? <laughs> with a vengeful spirit. No, it says just the opposite, with, a, with patience. When you have to go to somebody else, you don't do it with a vindictive, angry heart. You do it with patience, trying to win them over, not just, just uh, tearing them down. Christians further are those who have see their seed planted in good ground, who hear the word of God, they keep it, and they bring forth fruit with patience. That's endurance. Their lifestyle is filled with a life of producing spiritual fruit because they're living this life in patient submission to God, and they're displaying that in their interactions with others. And so they don't let their circumstances get them down or discourage them to the point of quitting. Believers in Christ who are practicing this character quality, they persevere with a good attitude and they produce good fruit with their lives. Someone once said this, Patience is not the ability to wait, but the ability to keep a good attitude while waiting. That's really what patience is, having a good attitude while we're waiting. So just a, a quick synopsis of what the Scriptures in the New Testament teach about patience. Let's, let's continue on. What produces patience, folks, in a believer's life? Quick, quick answers. Uh, what produces patience in us? What, where do we get it from? How do we get patience? Trials? Somebody else have something? Tests? Anything else? Prayer. Children. <laughs> prayer. Yes, prayer. We pray for patience, pray for peace. Children. Husbands. They, they, they try our patience. Do they give us patience? Well, that's the whole point, right? It's the trying of our faith that works patience. The trying of our faith. Do I need to separate you two? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The trying of our faith. How do we grow unless our faith is tried? We're in a trial. It's a testing and God wants us to grow in areas so He needs to put us into those circumstances where we can develop and mature and grow. Yes, Alka. So God is good, learning from God's example. God's good to us. Yes, He doesn't zap us out of existence when we disobey Him. He's still good to us. It's the goodness of God, the Bible says, that leads us to repentance. And so therefore we should be thankful and, and then say, well, I'm going to use God's example. He's long-suffering with us because, folks, he, at any given time, He could just, that's it. You've reached your level of impatience. 
I gave you 10,000 in this life and you just hit 10,000 in one, it's over. No. He is patient and loving with us and praise the Lord for that. Amen? Yeah. So, what produces patience in a believer's life? Uh, can we say there's no easy path? It is through a path of trials. One, one author said this, Patience is a virtue. Possess it if you can. It's seldom found in women and never found in man, right? <laughs> so what produces patience in our lives, class? It is it's tribulation, it's pressure, it's burdens or troubles. Look at Romans chapter 5 now. Would you go there with me, please? Romans chapter 5. This is just one passage we'll briefly look at this morning. Romans chapter 5. Verse 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, in other words, not only that do we have hope in the coming glory of God, but we glory in tribulations. We glory in tribulations. We, we find glory in troubles, knowing that tribulation... Worketh what class? It worketh patience, right? And patience, experience, and experience, hope. And so here's this little progression here that we think about. Tribulation. The word tribulation in Romans 5 literally means pressure. It means trouble. It means burdens. It means afflictions. But it's not the everyday trials of life that we might think about. Specifically here, Paul's writing to believers. It's troubles that Christians face as a servant of Jesus Christ. It's that pressure that comes from the devil who's striving to veer you off course and to, to uh, minimize your testimony when we're striving especially to serve the Lord. And so Jesus said in the Beatitudes, Blessed are we, and we're to rejoice and be glad when we are persecuted for righteousness' sake. When we get those undeserved trials and burdens and pressures from outside, that they come upon us, someone mistreated us, someone, you know, a, a, a circumstance happened in life that clearly wasn't our fault. It wasn't fair. We weren't asking for it. It's not a punishment for sin, but it happens. Or maybe because we're being persecuted for our faith, Jesus says, Rejoice and be exceeding glad because great is your reward in heaven. So when we're faced with some level of persecution, it is designed to strengthen our faith, not to make us more angry with God or upset with God or walk away with, from God for a while. Try to think of it as, well, my dear child, I've allowed this in your life to draw you closer to me, to make you more dependent upon me, to give you strength for this journey in life. That's why he's allowing us to go through those things. James says that it is the trial of our faith that works patience. And so Paul says that same thing here. Tribulation works patience in the life of a believer. And that's where God wants us to be. So tribulation, it works patience. That's what it says in verse 3. Patience, it's the word endurance, as we already covered. I'm going to endure, but I'm going to endure with a, a good, cheerful spirit. We hang in there even when it doesn't make sense to do so. But my spouse keeps doing this same thing again and again. Or my children aren't respecting me like they should. Or my boss is forgetting about me. And, and 
God is saying, but patience is enduring that mistreatment without souring your attitude, becoming irritable about it. So class, if God is in it, if God is in it, it's His way of maturing your spirit by teaching you greater patience. And, and I know years ago I mentioned this, but maybe God has put someone at your job or at your work or at your work site. And you think, man, I don't want to go to that work. I don't want to be around that person. I don't want to go to that job. I'm tired of that. I'm going to try to avoid him at all costs. But then try to think about it another way and say, you know, maybe God has this person in my life right now to grow me, to stretch me, to allow me to become more Christ-like in the way that I think, live, and act. So, Lord, I'm not going to reject that person. I'm going to strive to become stronger because of that person in my life, stronger spiritually so that I can live victoriously, more victorious as a believer that honors you. That's truly growth from trials and you're practicing patience with a good attitude. This patience, Paul says, produces experience. And experience is simply defined as this class. It's proven character. Experience there is proven character. It's Christian character that God wants to build into His children. Again, and the only way to do it is to allow a tribulation in life that produces this endurance. And that produces, the final thing there is hope. Hope. That is, hope is the bright outlook that gives us confidence for tomorrow. Now, from here I'd like to just go to see the perfect example of how to deal with suffering and have patience. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 2, please. 1 Peter chapter 2. We'll end here today. 1 Peter chapter 2. Who was our perfect example? Well, when we use the word perfect, it's got to be Jesus Christ. So, we know that the Bible teaches that the trying of our faith work is patience. That's what James said. And now we see Jesus Christ, how He dealt with mistreatment. I want you to see what Peter, and Peter was one who denied the Lord, so he mistreated the Lord himself, and now he's writing about this whole thing. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 19. It says, For this is thankworthy, if a man for conscience towards God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. It's worthy of thanks and praise to God if we endure grief, suffering wrongfully. Not that we retaliate, but that we endure grief. We, we, we have patience in the grieving process or the mistreatment that they're doing to us. For what glory is it, verse 20, if when you be buffeted, you be punished for your faults, and you take it patiently. But if when you do well, and you suffer for it, and you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. And so here, the, first, the second thing is these trials. So it's testings and trials that produce patience in us, class. It's sometimes hard to accept, but the only way to do it is to live through it. And so 1 Peter 2.19 tells us this. Peter's telling his readers that just being in a trial or being mistreated doesn't make God pleased with us. The, the answer is the endurance of the trial. So in other words, it's not enough to just not be perpetrators of the wrong to get God's favor. 
What glory is it if when you be buffeted for your faults and you take it patiently? If we're the ones that have done the wrong, we shouldn't expect a reward from God because we've taken the, the consequences of our wrong patiently. That should be expected. We're the perpetrators and we deserve our just desserts, right? But Peter is saying here that when we didn't do wrong, when we're completely innocent, like Jesus was innocent on the cross, he, he who knew no sin became sin for us. When we're totally innocent and we do the right thing and we suffer for it or people don't appreciate that or we're going through this trial of our faith and it's to build patience, that's when God says, yes, my dear child. I'm approving of that because I'm building into your character patience and long-suffering. So even we have to do right. So we have to take it patiently. And the Bible says, this is well-pleasing. This is acceptable. That's what that word means there in verse 20. This is acceptable to God. It means well-pleasing. Being in a trial and having a good attitude about the trial and being patient in the trial wins God's favor. And that's the example that Jesus gave to us. So I want to give you a quick acrostic here, an acrostic to follow as we get into these difficult times of impatience. Okay? Um, it's, it's the word slow. S-L-O-W. That's the word. There's four points here. Um, since patience entails having a good attitude and in trial and not having a knee-jerk reaction, we have to be slow to wrath and slow to respond and, and be quick in patience, but slow in our emotional reactions. And so let's talk about that. So the first one, the S, is to submit. Submit. That is, patience means we must be willing to submit to others and to the will of God. That's what he says in verse 21. For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Wasn't Christ the perfect example of how to deal with those who were mistreating him? And that's what he's talking about here. It's not one of those dominant words, is submission, that our culture likes to tout. It, it could make a, us appear weak or, in, or not in charge. But yet, Lord is saying there's, there should be a submission when you are under attack. He committed himself to God who judges righteously. That's what it says. Let's keep reading. So that you should follow his steps, verse 21, 22. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth who when he was reviled, that's verbal now, when he was verbally chastised, when he was verbally maligned and put down and made fun of, he reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. And so he said, I'm going to submit to the Heavenly Father who has all of this already laid out and his plan is perfect. Lord, Lay not this sin to their charge. Lord, bring upon them whatever is appropriate and right for them. And so he submitted to the Father in this case. It was slow, and, and sometimes it's, it's difficult to, to do that. If Jesus submitted to God, then how much more should we submit to God? So patience means, class, we understand this, that we will not just work our own will, but we'll hold off and consider what God and others may want in a particular situation. And be slow to respond with that harsh or caustic response. The second one is lighten. To lighten up, so to speak. Patience means we will not become uptight or be quick to get our way 
or lose our temper when we're wronged or challenged. That would be impatience, that quick response. And again, look at verse 23 again. So when Jesus was reviled, it says he reviled not again. He didn't get revenge. He didn't lose control. Uh, Even under the most terrible of circumstances, they were putting him on the cross. He did not allow his circumstances to cause him to react. He was lightened, if you will. And, and the lesson there for us is don't get bent out of shape. And, and this is a thought process we have to work on. Don't get bent out of shape when that person isn't doing what you desire or they're actually doing something that is frustrating, potentially. Think about it in a way, Lord, I need to lighten. This is for my benefit. This is for my benefit. Take a chill pill, so to speak, and step back and give God the time to work in that situation. That's the L. The O is overcome. Overcome. Patience means we will, not, we will overcome challenging circumstances with righteous responses. That's what he did in verse 24. Verse 24, Who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live under righteousness. There's the key right there, class. By whose stripes we are healed. Jesus was living under righteousness by not responding to the circumstance. And that's where He wants us to be. He wants us to overcome by living a righteous response in the face of an unrighteous mistreatment of us. Or if we perceive that that's what it is. Do not get drawn in to having a a sinful, knee-jerk reaction, so to speak. So overcome. And then the last one is a W, and that is wait. That's waiting on the Lord. We all know patience is waiting and waiting with a good attitude. So patience means that we just sometimes have to wait on God's sovereignty in life's trials, decisions, and events, and even in our rewards, because He does reward us. It says... God judges righteously. Can you commit that person to God? Can you commit that circumstance to God? Can you begin to train your mind to think, okay, Lord, before I just have my normal reaction, I need to think about how you want me to react because I want to react righteously and I'm looking for that righteous reward in heaven because I've learned to do that. And that's what He wants for us. What's the conclusion to the matter, class? Here's the spiritual growth assignment after all this. God wants us to be like this. this well, I don't have time to get through there. So here's the, here's the final. Your spiritual growth assignment. Impatience and irritability can be, can be some of the most difficult sins to overcome. And patience, one of the most difficult things to learn because we are all selfish at heart and don't want to wait or be inconvenienced. This week, seek to follow Christ's example when mistreated and practice that slow method of patience. Put it into practice. Let's be patient. I hope the people waiting out there are patient. Let's pray, shall we? <laughs> Father, thank you for this wonderful truth. Help us to apply it to our lives and live more victoriously in this area where we are weak. We want to give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. Have a patient week. joy that was set before him endured the cross. Yes, yes. It always is so amazing to me that 
the joy and then the, the, the cross. What joy, <laughs> but it's the joy of... It's incomprehensible, isn't it? And bringing glory to God through his obedience. Yes. And then seeing through the trial to the other side where there's reconciled between man and God, that joy of... He saw the whole end piece of it, didn't he? Yeah. That's, he's God. Praise the Lord.